In Matthew's gospel, Jesus is called Emmanuel. Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Emmanuel was never a proper or personal name for Jesus. It is to be, it is as fulfilled not in the naming of Jesus, but in the whole account of its origin and naming. In Isaiah 7, 14 is where we get this. It is not that Jesus ever bore the name Emmanuel. It indicates his role and bringing God's presence to us. Matthew explains to his readers in the pages of the book of, uh, in the Gospel of Matthew, what this phrase means, it actually means transliterated from Hebrew really to Greek. The Hebrew phrase is, God is with us. God is with us because of Jesus is what the Gospel of Matthew is about. Matthew's use of this term, this phrase, God is with us, describes the nature of Jesus. That he is God who has become a human. Matthew wanted to show that the virgin conception was not something new, but it had been predicted by the prophet Isaiah way more than 600 centuries prior to. And God is now about to save his people as the prophets had prophesied. God is with us. That's what we're focusing on this month, this December. God is with us. Last week, we started by saying that God is with us even in our pain. Yes, even in the pains and the trials of this life, God is with us. And today, I want to talk to you and encourage you that God is with us even in our waiting. When we're waiting. Have you ever been in a hurry and God isn't? I know that I have. And when I think about waiting, of course I think about a waiting room. Waiting rooms are just, they're not very popular places, are they? I mean, there's something awkward about a waiting room. Whether you're at a, get an oil change or whether you're at a barber shop or whether you're maybe at a doctor's office, when you sit down, there's just something awkward about being three feet from somebody that you don't know. And you're all kind of sitting there in the same room. And many times they've, they've put TVs in the room now, and sometimes they haven't. And uh, they, some of you students, I may have to tell you that they have these things called magazines back in the day that they used to put in there. And they were made of paper, and they looked like books, and they were really slick. And... Uh, Sports, you know, that's where, and doctors and these all change places, that's where, that's who ordered all these magazines. Because you, because we try to redeem the waiting with activity. So let's redeem this by doing something. Well, we've all got a phone now, so now we're redeeming it by doing stuff in the thing. But in a waiting room, there is sort of, sort of an unwritten, I don't know, everybody has a different little timer within them. But there is our limits in a waiting room, aren't there? I mean, like, it's like you've been there for, say, 25 minutes. And you can see it in people's body language. You can see it. Like, okay, well, the first 20 minutes was okay. 
but now we're here, we're approaching a half an hour, I can hardly deal with this. And people start squirming. And then they go up to the desk or whatever, and then they say, hey, how much longer before I get in? And all that. Because there are limits to the waiting, isn't there? Well, in a fast-paced world, it's, we're getting more and more impatient. And so I want to talk to you about waiting. And specifically, that God is with you in the waiting, and how we, and I'm kind of trying to be pretty practical here today, trying to encourage you in the waiting that God is with us. How do we kind of function in this waiting when God is with us? Turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. I'm only going to launch out with one verse. It's verse 11. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11. And it's this one verse that reads, He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. He has made everything beautiful in its time. What, what's this verse saying? It's saying God does everything just right and on time. Now, some of you might be rolling your eyes about that because you feel like, hey man, I've been waiting, I've been waiting, I've been waiting. But the scripture says that God does everything just right and he does it on time. And people can never completely understand what he is doing on this side of heaven. He has put eternity into man's heart. You were made in the image of God for eternity. Every person here. The problem is on this side of heaven, we just, even though we have the whole counsel of God's word and the empowering of the Holy Spirit, we still can't quite figure out sometimes what he's up to. Where are we in the process? What's going on? So I want to share with you some things you ought to remember in God's waiting room. When you're in God's waiting room and you're waiting for a prayer to be answered, when you're waiting for something to happen, what is it that you ought to remember? The first thing that I would encourage you to remember is this. Remember that there is a natural delay between planting and harvesting. Now, thankfully, I, this church has many, many farmers and many gardeners as well. You guys could tell me that you're probably like, oh, Captain Obvious, here you go again. But it's true. How many of us put a tomato plant in the ground and then about a week go out and go, where's my tomatoes? Or who plants beans or corn in late May and comes out in third week of June and goes, where's the corn? Because, write this down, I reap in a different season than I sow. You will reap in a different season than you sow. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, just go back there. Sort of just summarizing verses 1 through 5. There is a time for everything, a season for everything under the sun, a time to plant and a time to harvest, a time to scatter and a time to gather. Some of you, for example, are sowing in ministry, and you might be working with four-year-olds or five-year-olds. 
and you're sowing in ministry and you will not see the results of what you're sowing for years, possibly even decades, both in salvation as well as maturity. You sow in a different season than you reap. Remember that while you're waiting in God's waiting room. Here's another truth, and that is this. I have to remember that there is an unseen battle going on. There is an unseen battle that's going on. And the Bible gives us direction and some clarity about this, but there's not a huge amount of clarity and, and, and lots of scripture about this. They're just pieces and a picture for us knowing that there's a battle going on behind the scenes. Here's what I would encourage you in. A delay is not a denial. A delay is not a denial. Don't ever put a period where God has put a comma. So many times when I get all emotional about something and I've waited and I've waited and all at once, it's like, well, that's over. And then I just kind of march and kind of move on. But the truth is, there's a spiritual battle that's going on. Let me show you Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. We are not struggling and fighting against human beings, but against evil spiritual forces in the heavenly realm, the rulers, authorities, and powers of darkness. Now, the book of Ephesians is about the body of Christ and building up the body. This passage is reminding us that our struggle and our fight are not against human beings. This wrestling that's going on in this world of opinions and trials and all of those kinds of things. People have all kinds of opinions why things happen and everything. But this reminds us, this scripture reminds us that there's a struggle and a fight going on behind the scenes. Let me give you an example of that. Turn back to Daniel chapter 10, verses 11 through 13. And then an angel appears to Daniel, and the man said to me, Daniel, you are very precious to God, so listen careful to what I have to say to you. By the way, I just want you to know, that's a good scripture for many of you. You are very precious to God. If you don't hear anything else to, I hear, I want you to hear that. You are very precious to God. In this season that we celebrate God with us, you are very precious to God. You were made in the image of God. And so this angel says, stand up, Daniel, for I have sent to you. I, I have been sent to you. And when he said this to me, I stood up and I was still terrified. I was still trembling. And then he said, don't be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before God, your request has been heard in heaven. Oh, I mean, that is awesome. It's like, hey, man, on this side of heaven, I had no idea. 21, you know, all this time has gone by. I didn't have any idea. Going, an angel comes and says, hey, I just wanted you to know your prayers have been heard. Then he says, I have come to answer your prayer. But for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. Then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me, and I left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. Wow, we get this kind of behind-the-scenes thing. And Daniel sitting there going, well, I've been praying, I've been praying, and all at once he gets this insight from this angel. 
oh, I was blocked. I want you to know, we know from the Word of God, Satan hates you. Satan hates you. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And so many times, Satan throws out his darts at you. And he wants you to doubt. He wants you to be afraid. He wants you to be full of envy and strife. And he is at it. Don't forget while you're waiting, there's a spiritual war. There's a battle going on. Here's another thing. Remember, God is preparing me for my future. That's a part of what's going on. He is preparing you for the blessing that you're waiting on. Maybe it is that you're waiting for a husband or a wife. Maybe it is that you're waiting for that job that you feel that you would love, a dream. Uh, you're waiting for an opportunity. Maybe it is as a student, you're waiting sort of for answers for your future. And you're waiting on all that. And God is preparing you while you wait. And waiting is always a test. It's testing your endurance and your passion and your patience. I shared with you a passage last week. There is a wonderful joy ahead, even though it is necessary for you to endure many trials for a while. These troubles test your faith to show that, that it is strong and pure. Just as fire tests and purifies gold, and your faith is far more precious to God than any gold. I want to encourage you today. Remember, God is preparing me for my future, even in waiting. Here's another thing. Remember, I'm in good company when I'm waiting on God. When you are waiting for God to do something, you remember you're in good company. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12. One of the things about when we look at people in the Old Testament and we see people in the Bible, just ordinary folks who are very flawed and broken people. When we see them in the Bible, many times what makes them so renowned is that they believe God when circumstances or situations didn't dictate that they do that. It wasn't logical. Noah, Abraham. All these people in the Bible. Remember, you're in good company. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 2. People who lived in the past became famous because of their faith. It was their faith. It was them believing God when nobody else would. It's them believing God when everybody around them doubted. And when the spiritual battle was going on, they had faith. You're in good company if you're waiting. If you're waiting for a marriage or a relationship to be restored or for healing or for a future spouse or for children or answers, direction, purpose, guidance in your life, you're in good company. You're in good company for waiting on a financial breakthrough or a promotion or freedom or justice or some kind of change to happen or fulfillment of a dream or fulfillment of a promise. Just remember Abraham. Abraham who waited, Abraham and Sarah who waited 25 years to hold their baby, Isaac. Can't you imagine that somebody walked up to Abraham five years after he had got, changed his name to Abraham and they said, 
Hey, you, you, what's your new name? Yeah, Abraham. Abraham, uh, father of many nations. Uh, yeah, how many kids do you have? And he's like, uh, none. He believed. He believed. Think of Isaac and Rebekah waited 20 years to hold their twin babies, Jacob and Esau. Think about Joseph who waited 13 years in a prison to see his dream fulfilled. Thought his life was wasting away. Joseph had incredible faith. Moses, 40 years, and it says the story picks up, he's on the backside of the desert. Depending on how precisely how old David was when Samuel anointed him as king the first time, he waited probably around 10 years before he was reigning over the southern portion of Israel. Waiting. You're in good company, man, when you're waiting. Saints of God have done this. Millions of saints of God have waited for God. Here's the last thing. You have to remember in God's waiting room, remember God always keeps his promises. Now, there's some debate about how many promises there are in the Bible. There's many people who say there are 6,000 promises in the Bible. I sort of land on 7,000. Recently, there was a book written that says there's over 8,000 promises in the Bible. Hey, folks, there's hundreds of promises of God's, in God's word of his promises. And don't focus on what you don't have. I don't have the opportunity. I don't have the job. I, I don't have the money I need. Focus on what God has. Focus on his promises. Remember his promises. And think about, this might be a great scripture for you to put on your mirror or your refrigerator. And that is from Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 3. At the time I have decided, my this is the Lord speaking. God says this. At the time I have decided, my word, my words will come true. You can trust what I say about the future. It may take a long time, but keep on waiting. It will happen. Remember that. Those are the things you remember. So now I want to give you the to-do list while you're waiting. This is your to-do list while you're waiting, while you're waiting on God, when you're waiting on God to do something in your life, here's your to-do list. The first thing is, I gotta start writing down what I am learning. I gotta write down the lessons that I'm learning from what I'm going through in the waiting. I gotta start building, listen, your character is what's gonna matter in heaven, not your comfort. You gotta start kind of becoming more of a student and I'm going to tell you something silly that I do, and I know there's other peoples that do, people do this as well. And that is, on your phone, there's an app that's notes. You know, when something significant happens, put that in your notes, and then later, maybe you can organize that more and more. But the things that you're learning, some significant learning that you're doing, kind of write that down. You might be in the middle of nowhere, and something pops in your head, and Become a student. Be more receptive. Listen to what's going on around you. Start trying to learn as you're waiting. That's something you can do while you're waiting. Look in the Old Testament in Numbers, chapter 33, the first part of verse 2. At the Lord's direction, Moses kept a written record of their progress. There's a, I saw, I had a company, I had a, a friend over at Southwest uh, Fort Wayne, who started a company. And you know what it was? This was I mean, it was really cool. It was really cool. It was, she basically created a, 
I don't even know. How do you explain this? It was, it was, a, it was all around Joshua, and it was a jar, and then she gave you a bunch of river rock, and the river rock would be enough for the jar. And then she gave you a little notebook, and she sold these kits for like 35 bucks. All it was was a, was a notebook. I'm just giving you the shortcut, the Pinterest, all right? Right here. This is a little Pinterest insight. But it was a little jar, and it was nice and cool. And then she had a bunch of polished river rock. They weren't the ones out of my landscaping. And what you would do is you would write down in the notebook, and then you would take the rock, and you would put it in your jar. You know, you could do that. You know, become a student. Try to write down your Ebenezer. Write down your record of things that you're learning or God's doing. Do that. Here's the thing I want to encourage you in. The way to the promised land is through the wilderness. The way to the promised land is through the wilderness. And what you're waiting for, sometimes we have to go through the wilderness before we go to the promised land. I have been through my wilderness experiences. I've had several. My junior and senior year of college was a wilderness experience. When Sherry and I were first married, she and I both went through a wilderness experience. We've had experiences in our own personal life, both shared and separately, where we've had to walk through a time of waiting, and it's been a wilderness experience. And I'm learning more and more, I've got to be a student. I'd love to say that everything I ever learned was because God's been so good, and it's all been easy. Oh my, that would just not be reality important. Pay attention. That's something you can do while you're waiting. Here's another thing. Here's the thing I would tell students, by the way, too. Little, lesson, little lessons lead to big success. And all these things you're learning will add up if you grow in wisdom. Here's the second thing. Act as though I already have it. That's something you can do. That's something you can do while you're waiting. Act like you already have it. Some of you, and here's what I would have you write down. Then is now. Then is now. You act now the way you're going to act then when you have what you're waiting for. So many of us, we struggle with this. We, we, we don't have it. We, we, uh, we would rather wonder, worry, or whine. That's what we, most of us do while we're waiting. We, 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 we just, we, we wonder why? Why is this happening? What in the world is going on? We worry. We say, well, how in the world is this ever going to work out? I mean, how in the world? I mean, I, you know. And then we whine. Well, when? I mean, how long is this going to take? I mean, that's what we normally do. I would encourage you to act as though you already have it. No job? Don't have a job? You've lost your job? And now you're waiting for another job? Then is now. What would you do? If you had a job, would you stay in your pajamas until 11.30, watch the prices right, eat some chips, hang out, hang out in your pajamas all day? No, you wouldn't do that if you had a job. You would get up. You would take a shower. You would get ready for the new day. You would get with it. Then is now. Act like you already have it. Do that. I remember being in Estes Park, Colorado. I was single. I'd been going to college. And I remember a lady named Michelle Pilar. That, that's a name that's a flash from the back. 
uh, past, was giving a little speech to a bunch of single people. And I'll never forget what she said. She said, get yourself healthy before you get yourself married. And I think that's a very important, you know, that's something that I needed to learn. Maybe it is you're waiting for a spouse. You know, uh, sometimes my wife, if, if I go out, if I'm running out to Walmart or something, uh, you know, she has to remind me sometimes, hey, uh, you know, when you see the world, the world sees you. You know, you kind of have to remember that. You know what I'm saying? Maybe it is you're waiting. Whatever it is you're waiting for, act like you have it. Follow through on it. Jesus, you might say, well, where do you get this, John? Well, look at Jesus' words in Mark 11, verse 24. I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it. Look at the word received. What is that? Is that present, future, or past tense? That's past tense, isn't it? It says, when you pray, you believe that you have received it already. And it will, and by the way, will is what? Future tense. It's future. And you, it will be yours. I mean, folks, if we thank God in our prayers for what God has done, that's gratitude, isn't it? It's good. Be thankful. When you thank God before you have it, that's called faith. And so I would encourage you, act as though you have it. Here's another thing to do. Here's another thing on your to-do list. Grow in the habits that grow my faith. I've got to grow in the habits that grow my faith. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12. We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. Develop your personal maturity in this way. So, Paul says in Philippians 4.9, keep on putting into practice all you have learned from me and heard from me and saw me doing. So grow in the habits of the things that need to be imitated in order for you to grow. So here's the first thing is a don't, all right? Within this growing in the habits, the first thing is don't put your life on hold. Don't say, oh, well, you know, when I get an answer, then I'll go do this or that. Don't put your life on hold. Keep living. This is one thing that that young Jackson Longenbaugh in college has been ministering to this old preacher about. And that is he has put his faith into action and he is believing God and he has not put his life on hold. He's pressing forward in God, knowing he's trying to bloom where he's planted. And I would encourage you, we can learn from that. Don't put your life on hold when you're waiting. But here's some things, that's a don't. Let me give you a couple real quick here to keep on doing. Keep on praying. Keep on praying. Look at Matthew 7, 7 when Jesus said, Keep on asking and you will be given what you ask for. Keep on looking and you will find. Keep on knocking and you will, it will, the door will be opened to you. Keep on praying. Here's another thing. Keep on serving. Keep on serving. Now, you know that we're talking about waiting, 
I'm kind of, sometimes it's a little confusing. Why do they call this person a waiter? A waiter in a restaurant. I mean, after all, I'm the person waiting for somebody to come to my table and I'm waiting on my food. Shouldn't I be called the waiter? No, because I'm not doing nothing but sitting there. The one who is serving is called a waiter. And I think the same is true for us. Be a servant. Be, keep on serving. This is one thing that I want to say constantly to younger people who are going into ministry. So many times, young pastors don't want to do menial, menial tasks. I want, I've heard one guy walk up to me and say, I want a significant ministry. And I looked right back at him and I said, then make your ministry significant. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, keep on serving, keep on sowing, keep on sowing your seed. You will, you will never know where that's gonna grow, what's gonna happen, what are you, who you're gonna bump into, what's gonna happen. Here's another thing. Keep on doing the stuff that helps you grow. Now, this is a little redundant. But I want to encourage you, don't give up on that small group that you're a part of. Keep stretching yourself. Keep coming. The Bible says in Hebrews 10.25, don't give up the habit of meeting with other believers. Instead, keep on encouraging each other. And then lastly, Keep on believing. Keep on believing. I know somebody between services was like, you put a journey on don't stop believing on this point and everything. Just keep on believing. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14. You must keep on believing the things you have been taught. You know they are true. Keep on believing. Those are the things that will help me this is one of the things I do to grow in the habits that grow my faith. I can keep growing even though I'm waiting, though I feel like my life is a little stagnant. I can keep on growing. Here's the last thing. This is easier said than done. Trust in God instead of panicking. Instead of panicking. So many times in our lives we are confronted with stagnation. Things aren't what they used to be. And we start panicking. I want to tell you even this morning as your pastor. I am not giving up. I am still believing God. Don't you dare give up your faith. As your pastor, I want to challenge you. Don't you dare give up your faith. It's not going to get you anywhere by going and trusting in other things or in yourself. Don't stop. Trust that God will make a way and provide. In fact, I want to share you a passage. I know I've said this a dozens of times, this passage. Psalm 56.3, I learned it like this. When I am afraid, I will trust in God. Even when I am afraid, I keep on trusting you. So I want to challenge you today. While you're in God's waiting room, do those things that are healthy. Now, some of you this morning might think that you are waiting on God. And it's true. You might be waiting on many different things here. Everybody has a different story here. 
But in reality, for some of you, God is waiting on you. God is waiting on you to put your trust in him and to cross some lines and to trust him and how you know. Some of you have never trusted Christ. I would encourage you to put your trust in him. He's waiting. He stands at the door and knocks. If anyone hears my voice, I will come in and fellowship. I would encourage you today. God might be waiting on you to trust him more. Whatever it is, I pray that God, you would trust him more, that you would trust in him instead of living a life of panic and that he, you would know that God is with us even while we wait. Would you pray with me right now? Father, I thank you for your word. Thank you that it's true. Thank you, Lord, that there's life in your word. Thank you, Lord, there's life through the spirit of God that dwells within us. Today, Lord, I pray for every person here that if there is anyone here who doesn't know you, Lord, that they would act on that today, that they wouldn't continue, that, Lord, today is the day of salvation. I pray, Lord, that you would help every person here who's waiting for whatever it is, whatever is going on in their life, Lord. I pray that you would minister by the power of your spirit that we would trust you in you today. Help us, Lord, to do the things that are healthy and that would live a life that's glorifying you even in our waiting. I pray that in Jesus' name, amen.